Number one, the parents are ignorant. They are negligent because education is education is light. Okay. It's power. Yeah. When you are educated, you cannot limit the extent that you can go to. Of course. Do you know that non-governmental organizations are working ceaselessly to make the world a better place? We see a future where young people are connected and act together as agents of change. Making the dream of um, children living in undeserved communities. And I am well known for championing children's right to education. Poverty alleviation, humanitarian aid. We are every child regardless of your geographical location. Healthcare. Socioeconomic status or religious background will have access to quality education. We are concerned about people's health and livelihood. Leadership development and community development. Yes. NGOs are working for the sustainability of all, especially the less privileged. Yes, yes. their voice deserves to be heard. NGO podcast is the voice of NGOs. I am Jimon Uluwatobishegon. Stay tuned. It is always important to remember that girls are still faced with many challenges related to gender. They are often subjected to rigid outdated practices such as child marriage, Girls who marry before age 18 are often denied access to education and are vulnerable to violence from their husbands. According to a UNESCO report in 2014, 31 million girls of primary school age were not in school and about one of every four girls in developing countries did not complete their primary school education. These statistics are staggering and they are not just mere numbers. They represent the pool of untapped girl power and potentials. They represent what the state of our economy, what the state of our community would look like in years to come. In my country, Nigeria, girls' education is improving, but it remains a challenge due to a number of factors. Early pregnancy, gender-based violence, and child marriage continue to increase the rate at which girls drop out of school. 30 to 40% of girls in Nigeria often get married at early as age 15 to 19. This coupled with other present factors prevents many girls from getting education in Nigeria. The challenges girls faced are disturbing and need long-standing solutions. It is crucial to know that education is a fundamental right for every girl child. So in this case, what can you do to help girls in your community to develop courage, confidence and character they need to become a greater person tomorrow? What can you do to save their right to education from being trampled upon? These couples with many questions will be answered on this episode today. Welcome to the NGO Podcast Show, a podcast that brings the diverse and vigorous voices of global NGOs to people around the world. By engaging interviews with founders and leaders in the NGO community, problem-blooming challenges, opportunities, and best practices, I am Jimo. I'm super excited and thank you for listening to this fresh episode today. Welcome back. On this episode, I will be discussing with Uluwato Biloba Ajibade, the Executive Director of Priceless Virtue International, on importance of girls' child education and what our organization is doing to harness the potentials and strengths of the girl's child through education for individual and societal impact. Welcome and enjoy my interview section with her. Um, just like he has said, my name is Oluwato Biajibade. 
Um, I am the founder of Priceless Virtues International. It is an initiative that seeks to advocate for education and empowerment for girls that are orphans, um, girls that are from poor homes, um, girls that basically because of poverty they can't have access to education. And um, this is the second year. Um, we started the organization in 2016. This is 2018. We are two years into our work at Priceless Virtues. So, um, in the course of our work, we <laughs> we've met girls, we've met several parents, and the work has been awesome. It's been overwhelming, you know. It's been painful at some times, but it is a commitment that we have made that um, in priceless virtues we'll be committed to advocating for education and empowerment for the girls especially those that are from poor homes or those that are orphans that don't have the usual right to education that every other girls have so that's basically what we do at Priceless Virtues. Wow, that's quite interesting, Miss Ajibade Luatubilova. And uh, you've, you've, been, you've been doing something fantastic for the past two years. Um, I give you a thumbs up. Thank, Thank you, you so much for giving back to the society. <laughs> so you. so just, just a quick one, Miss Uluatubilova Ajibade. I know that you didn't wake up in a day and sort of just started this organization. No. Probably like a popular belief and a popular concept, which means like uh, probably when people are jobless or they don't have what to do or... They don't know what to do, that's why they venture in the social space to give back to the society of which they don't have. Will you please fill some gap to tell the listener the reason or what prompted you to start this organization, Ms. Uluatobi? Okay, I will say the, what really prompted me to start the Priceless Virtues organization is my own story. Um, I am not fortunate to come from a very wealthy family. In fact, not even very wealthy. We don't have money. My family is one, one down-to-earth family and I really know the meaning of poverty. I understand the meaning of poverty. I understand the meaning of, you know, having to go through the whole day without food. In my house, while we were growing up, we had days that we did not eat. There were times that we, my mom would just buy biscuits a biscuit this coaster biscuit that has five pieces inside and that is what we are going to share as a family so going to school for me as the girl child i'm the only girl child in my family going to school was one it was one active thing for my parents to achieve so as far as i can remember there was no single thing you know in primary school we have first term second term third term so there was no single term uh, while I was in primary school that I was not being sent home from school. Every time, every time I was being sent home from school because of school fees and they would send me home, I'll go home, my mom will come and beg the proprietor, uh, proprietor of the school, please allow her stay. And when my mom comes to beg the, um, the proprietor or the proprietress then, uh, the proprietor is say, okay, let her go back to class. My mates are already in class, then sitting. Maybe they are in, in the course of um, a lecture. So sometimes, you know, I'll feel reluctant to go back. The shame, you know, I'll just feel like, ah, why do I have to go through all of this all the time? 
why do I have to be sent out of this class all the time? Then the teacher will say, ah, come in, come in, come in, since your mom has begged. So some of my classmates will just be looking at me that this one, every time, they will have to send you away. So I had to go through all of this over and over and over and over. And when I got into secondary school too, you know, I attended a secondary school owned by the government. We weren't paying school fees. But my parents could not afford my transport fare to go every day. There are some times we have to skip school, we have to skip classes because there's no transport fare. University was it, it, it was a tug of war, you know, because there was no money. I had to pass through times that I go to class without good shoes, without good clothes, without money to feed. So I had a taste of poverty. And what kept me going those times was that I have an understanding that if I don't have education, there's no how I can I can change my own story. If I don't have education, there's no how my story can change. If I don't have education, I will keep recycling. I will keep recycling the story of poverty. So that kept me going. So my own story is pro- is what propelled me to, you know, start Priceless Virtues International. We have so many girls that they can't pull through. I managed to pull through okay because I was determined that I want to change my story, I want to change this narrative. But we have so many girls that they cannot even pull through at all. They don't even go to school. They can't even afford school uniform. They can't afford school shoes. They can't afford anything. So the alternative is for them to stay back at home, help their mom at trade or just stay in the house without getting education. So my own story propelled me that I will be the reason why so many other girls why thousands of girls will finish school so um, apart from i am human apart from i feel for people my own story is what propelled me that if i go through this and i'm able to pull through then i will stand in the gap for several other girls that will be coming behind me with this kind of story and i will ensure they finish school and also have a change of narrative just like I have to. So that's basically what led me into Priceless Virtues. Wow, that's quite interesting and uh, I can feel and I can connect with the story. It's, it's quite something awesome and uh, like I had to go through a whole lot of stuff during your primary school days, yeah. primary school days and university yeah. days. It's yeah. not easy at all. But over the time, we, we're grateful that and we, we thank God that you're able to like pull it through. Yeah. But I'm sure that over the, over the past two years that you've started this organization, you've gone through a whole lot soon. Yes, I am. Excuse me, in terms of uh, like running your organization. Yeah. Can you please share some of, some of the challenges you've, uh, you've encountered during the, on, the, on the course of running this organization for the past two years, like the challenges you faced? Can you tell the people like, our earliest team is now listening to this right now. Okay, one of uh, the greatest challenge I'll say I've faced is people don't get to understand what I'm doing. I tell people that um, I enter a school, for, for instance, I want to know how many girls do you have in this school that are orphans or maybe their parents don't pay their school fees regularly. The proprietor just look at me and say, Okay, you want to raise funds for them? I say yes. She will just look at me and say, Okay, are, are you real? Recently, a proprietor told me that you are raising funds for this girl. What do you want to get from her in return? And I'm like, 
the basic, the, one of the foundational problems we have is acceptance. You're trying to, you know, expand your hands to receive people. Yeah. Not like we have the bulk of money, yeah. but we can network with family, friends, well-wishers, people, good people. Let's help these girls. And we have people that are supposed to be, um, you know, collaborating with us. And they are standing on the forefront resisting us. <laughs> I have issues with acceptance. I get into a school and the proprietor is telling me, so what do you want in return? I say, I don't want anything. I just want to ensure that this girl is not sent out of school. This girl, the school fees is paid. She doesn't have to go through while I'm made, while I'm made uh, you know, trying to assimilate what is being taught in school. She's not sitting in class having to, you know, calculate. Because I remember while I was in primary school, teaching would be going on. I would be calculating how much I'm weighing on the palm of my hands. And sometimes the teacher would be thinking maybe I'm working some mathematics. He wouldn't know that I'm, I'm calculating the amounts my parents are owing on my name, on the palm of my hands. And so I, I want to ensure that this girl, she's concentrating in class and you're telling me that, what do I want in return? So people resist, even while you're telling them that, okay, this is what we want to do. Some people will say, okay, we'll get back to you. Some people will say, ah, okay, we, we are not sure. We want to verify and hold. So one of the greatest challenge I have experienced on this work is resistance from people. Even some parents, you tell them that you want to do, some parents will say you should bring the money. Yeah. Bring the money. I say no. Take me to the school of this child. Or if there is no school, I can look for a school around and the, the parents will say give me money. Then some people, some parents, we take the child to the school and then when the child has, you know, written some entrance examination they say the child should be in gss1 the parents will be telling you that no my child she's brilliant it's because i don't have money since all these days she's supposed to be in gss2 <laughs> for crying out loud let this girl be in gss1 then she's okay if she reads gss1 now she won't go to gs2 she'll be promoted to gss3 so we have resistance from parents from school owners and you know from people resistance yeah. that is number one then number two one of the challenges uh, another challenge that i would say that we we have raised uh, we have seen in the course of this work is you know having people like you know having committed volunteers people that can when when they come around and they see that there is nothing for for them in it you know they will not stay there, there was even a time you know i had like 10, 11 volunteers, we had uniforms and all, all of a sudden I just found that I, I, I was the only one left on the field, but it is a commitment that I've made, so whether people are there or not, I, I have to keep, you know, yeah. forging ahead. So another thing is funds. Okay. Funds, you know, we don't have a major sponsor, we bank on family and friends that to a reasonable extent they've seen the consistency of what we have been doing they've seen the integrity yeah. uh, but on the other hand we want to really do more but funds is keeping us so those three things you know resistance from people yeah. we don't have committed volunteers yeah. and funds those are the three major things that is keeping the scope of our work from being enlarged yeah, 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 yeah. i can relate with the challenges you, you just mentioned but just a quick one because we're running out of time right. and um, is that uh, like you, you, I can see that your organization is still evolving around ed education yes. education education, education trying to send students back to school in your own views or from your own research 
what, what, what rate can you say? Like, at what rate do we have high school dropout or the, the rate of which students are not going to school? Probably you may say, like, focus on girls' child and the rate at which girls' child are not going to school or are being dropped out of school. And how do you think this problem or these issues can be caught or resolved? Okay, in the community I live in, okay, that's a good I point. will say seven out of every 10 girls yeah. that comes from poor homes mm. don't go to school. Seven out of every 10 girls that come from oh. uh, poor families, they don't go to school. I have a family that the girls just wake up, watch TV, you know, yeah. that's the circle they, that's the circle they go through. Number one, the parents are ignorant. They are negligent because education is education is light. Okay. It's power. Yeah. When you are educated, you cannot limit the extent that you can go to. Of course. So um, I think that what we can do is to continue to make awareness mm. of education. Continue to talk about it, just like I do in my community. Yeah. You know, even if the parents are saying, eh, like my own dad, he does not really talk about girls' education. I'm the first child, he wouldn't use me as the next of kin, he used my immediate brother because he believes that ah, she's a girl, she'll go to her husband's house one day and all of that. So we should continue to talk about it. We should begin to talk about it. Today, my dad, he believes in me much more than anything because what I've done, you know, the barriers I've pulled through in, yeah. his, in, his, in his face, <laughs> he believes more in the girl child. So when we continue to talk about it, make awareness about it, parents will begin to know that, okay, this girl, she's a girl today but she is a power in the future if she is properly fortified with what she needs which is education so we just need to continue to talk about it and make awareness of education wow that's great and uh, i can i can see the passion i can feel the passion in you miss uluwa to be lover ajipade a great stuff so far and uh, before i let you go would you please like uh in what way do you think that uh, people our women listeners, highly esteemed listeners, listening to you from different parts of the world. What way do you think that they can support you, work with you to make this your dream a reality? And what are the possible means of reaching out to you? Okay, um, if you want to partner with Priceless Virtue, one of the things we need, we need books, notebooks, textbooks, especially for secondary school students. We need school bags. You see girls going to school with polythene bag, with their books in polythene bag. We need school shoes. Mm. School books, test books, school bags, school shoes. These are the things we need. And majorly we need phones. Okay. I don't want to go to any school and beg proprietor that lets them stay in school. I feel proud when I call the girls out of their classroom and show them the receipt of the payments. Look at the receipts. Your school fees have, have been paid for. You need to see the smile on their face. It's really very encouraging. So, if you want to reach out to us, if you want to partner with us, if you want to pay, you know, if you want, if you want to have five girls on on your name on the scholarship scheme, you can reach out to us. You can reach out to us um, on plus two three four eight zero two seven four two seven two eight four. Let me take it again. Plus two three four eight zero two seven four two seven two eight four, and um, you can also reach out to us on our Facebook platform, um, facebook.com forward slash priceless virtues.
Priceless Virtues, V-I-R-T-U-E-S. You can also reach out to us on Instagram at Priceless Virtues. We'll be willing to have you come on board with us to um, help us achieve this dream that is committed to helping girls get back to school and finish school. Thank you so much, Mrs. Oluwatobi Ajibari. Thank you for staying tuned. I'm super excited and I'm glad to have an highly esteemed listener like you listening to this episode. Thank you so, so much. To support and learn more about the works of the organization that was featured on this episode, Priceless Virtue International, kindly call this number, plus 234-8027-427284. I take that again. Plus 234-80. 2742-7284. They will be glad to hear from you. For more inquiries, advert placement, sponsorship, or any other related request for or on this podcast, kindly send me an email, jimo at ngopodcast.com.ng, which is spelled as J-I-M-O-H at N-G-O-P-O-D-C. AST.com.ng Jimo at ngopodcast.com.ng I will be excited to read from you. And I'm going, I'm drawing cotton on this episode. We'll be rest assured to hear from me again the last Thursday of next month. I remain your dear host, Jimo Uluwa to You can simply call me JOS. Always remember. You have a vital role to play in the human race. Governments cannot do it all for you. Be ready to do yours. In your own little way, keep impacting lives positively. Talk soon. Bye-bye.